The peace of our Lord be with you. O Lord, how long shall I cry for help, and you will not listen? With those words, Habakkuk joins his voice to a Bible-wide chorus of questions and complaints. Complaints and questions which travel in verses and voices such as Psalm 13.1. How long, O Lord, will you forget me? Jeremiah 15.18. Why is my pain unceasing and my wound incurable? Lamentations 3.8. Though I cry for help, God shuts out my prayer. Psalm 22.1 My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And, of course, Habakkuk. In this morning's lesson of Scripture, O Lord, how long will I cry to you and you will not listen? a Bible-wide chorus of questions and complaints, all rising from the place where the life of faith meets the pain of life, each asking their own version of the same question. If God cares, and if God can then why doesn't God do more? If God cares, and if God can, then why doesn't God step in and stop things before they go so far and get so bad? If God sometimes answers some prayers for help and relief, then why doesn't God always answer all prayers for help and relief? The most frequently repeated and widely held answer to those kinds of questions especially in our part of the world, is that when God doesn't step in and stop the agonies, miseries, tragedies, and injustices in this world, it is because God is planning to use those agonies, miseries, tragedies and injustices to accomplish God's purposes. Many of the best people I know embrace some version of that answer to resolve the mystery of why God doesn't step in 
and stop things. And needless to say, for all I know, they may be right, but that is an answer that I cannot embrace because I find it hard to believe that the same God who could create a universe of vast wonder and unspeakable beauty cannot accomplish good purposes in one life without utterly destroying another. The answer to my objection most often is that God doesn't send the terrors and troubles God uses. God just allows them which is something I too used to say many years ago. But then I stopped saying it because it occurred to me just out of the blue one day that the difference between God sending a tragedy, disease, or devastation and God allowing it, even though God saw it coming and could have stopped it if God had chosen to, is not enough of a difference to mention, because it is not enough of a difference to matter. I cannot speak for you. I can hardly speak for my own self. But as for me, I have come to believe that when it comes to those questions which rise from the place where the life of faith meets the pain of life, it is almost always better for us to ask them than it is for us to answer them. It is always right and good to ask those questions. But it is often best to be content having asked those questions to let them stand unanswered. In the words of Rainer Maria Rilke, to love the question without feeling the need to answer it. In Marilyn Robinson's novel, Lila, there is that passage, that moment in which Lila says to the preacher, John Ames, I've been wondering lately why things happen the way they do. To which Reverend Ames replies, I've been wondering the same thing more or less all my life. I just sort of live with the question, why things happen. 
That's the question with which we too live. Having lived most of my life now, I have lived enough of life to know that even if we had the answer to all of our whys, it wouldn't change a thing. The real question ultimately for this life is not why, but how. How do we go forward? How do we live what is left of our lives as fully, deeply, and faithfully as we can? Takes me back to that wonderful old sentence who first said it, I have no idea. It's one of those sentences that all of us wish we had said. Faith is what you have left when you don't get the miracle. The faith to trust God even when God cannot be explained or understood. The faith which feels less like believing big things than it feels like loving God as unconditionally as God loves us. Just loving and trusting God when life is good and when life is unbearable, when things go our way and when things unfold in the most tragic of ways. Loving God as unconditionally as God loves us, and trusting God even when God cannot be explained, defended, or understood, trusting God to be with us and for us, to give us the courage to do the next right thing, and to see us all the way through what we did not get to go around. Amen. As we come to the close of this hour of worship, we invite you to make important decisions for our Lord and our Lord's church. Here at Northminster, we do not always know, of course, when someone is with us for their last Sunday, but 
Sometimes we do, and when we do, we love to give to those who are going out from us the blessing of the church. This morning, we offer that blessing to John and Robin Perkins. They will be moving in a couple of weeks to Aurora, Colorado. John and Robin, you will be missed here. Your lives have been gifts of God's grace to all of us. We pray our Lord's blessing upon you and offer to you the blessing of this whole family of faith as you prepare to open a new chapter in your lives in a new place. Also, please know that everyone is invited to return here to the sanctuary at 2 o'clock this afternoon for the ordination to the ministry of Kristen Redford Heidinger. Next May, Northminster will celebrate our 50th anniversary, and Kristen will be the eighth person our congregation has ordained to the gospel ministry. We look forward to gathering together here in the sanctuary at 2 this afternoon for Kristen's ordination, and then moving to the Great Hall afterwards for the reception. <laughs> 